Amen. Wednesday night, I was prepared to preach, recognizing God when he shows up differently. Recognizing God when he shows up differently. Man, I seem awfully loud. Am I loud out there? I know you can hear me, but I don't want to hurt someone's ears either. Recognizing God when he shows up differently. And the Lord moved and, and, and if you're missing Wednesday nights, let me tell you right now, you're missing something great. It's been all, and the crowd's been building on Wednesday night, too. And I know we have a lot sick and out today and everything. But you're missing out on Wednesday night. It's an intimate time with God is what I found out. And the Spirit of God went to moving. And how many knows a preacher wants to preach? The preacher didn't get to preach. I got to exhort for about 10 minutes. And I thought, man, I had some other thoughts for today and what I was going to preach. And I was like, I've got one hot off the press here. And I only spent two pages out of nine. I'm bringing it in today. Coming in hot, Coming in hot today. That's right. Well, I'm going to touch on some things that I shared in that service in just a moment. But I want us to think of how we recognize things. And because the title of the sermon, Recognizing God When He Shows Up Differently, I want us to think about recognizing things. When we recognize things, it's probably because they are familiar to us. Correct? I recognize my son because he's familiar to me. He's laying on the couch playing video games, eating chips all the time. I barely recognize him today because some things are not in his hand. <laughs> but I do recognize him today. In sports, we recognize teams by their colors and by their logos. How many watched the Razorbacks yesterday? You didn't have any doubt which team was the Razorbacks, did you? You recognized things, right? Have you ever saw someone that you knew, but you didn't recognize them? I, I chalk it up to being old, but people come up to me and say, hey, Drew. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing, girl, boy? You do it, too. Don't act like you don't do that. You're like, ah, good to see you. I don't know where I've recognized them from. I, I recognize their face, and obviously they know me from somewhere, but sometimes I just don't, can't recognize them fully. You may have known that person for multiple years, and somehow when you saw them, you, were, you wasn't really paying attention. I've had that happen to me, too. I see somebody and just keep on going, and maybe down the aisle in Walmart or Hearts or something, somebody, you're like, hey, Drew, and I, I thought I'd seen you. It happened to me with Wendy not long ago at Harps. So that happens to us. We just don't play that close attention. I want you to play a, a video for me, um, Mr. Soundman, if you'd help me out with this. Watch this short video. He's seen the movie Master of Disguise. If you haven't seen it's a cute movie. You need to see it. And, and the whole thing is, Danny Carvey is the actor in the movie. He's in disguises constantly. All right? And he just changes. It'd be like 
one second he's something, then he steps over here, and you don't see him for a second, he comes back and something else. Sometimes people we don't recognize because they're in disguise. I hate to tell this story, but I'm going to. Not long ago, someone recognized me, and I didn't recognize them. And when I finally come face to face with them, because I had my back to them and they were talking to me, and I was just like talking back and I didn't really know who was talking to me. I was in a group of people. And when I finally eyeball to eyeball seen this person, I didn't recognize them at all, had no clue who they were. They didn't look familiar, nothing. And then they identified themselves as someone I dated. I guess they could see in my eyes because she wasn't the same that appeared years ago. And she said this to me, we all change. I said, yes, I know. I, I know. We all change. So somebody, I had somebody else talk to me. Uh, we were general counsel in uh, um, Orlando last year. And I hear this voice and I think there's about 25,000 people there, and this voice yells out, Drew Foster. And I'm thinking, who in the world down here knows me? And I turn around, I have no clue who this gentleman is. And uh, he said, are you Drew Foster? And I said, what's left of him? I said, I'm in disguise. I said, I'm old and fat now. How did you recognize me? He said, I'll never forget you. <laughs> and I was like, well, I must have really did something bad. But it was an old friend from Missouri, whatever. But sometimes we don't recognize people because they look different. They look old. They look fat. They look skinny. They look different. Everybody following what I'm talking about today? All right. Well, I'll keep going then. Sometimes we feel like people are in disguise. Don't know. They're just hiding out, I guess. How many have ever bumped into your old school teacher and they didn't recognize you? I did it yesterday. They didn't recognize you. It's really bad when you're homeschooled. I think that's happened to me a few times too. There are times when someone we know is unrecognizable. Unrecognizable to us because of their appearance, it's changed. Sometimes we take a glance at someone, we know, we know we know them, but we don't recognize them because of the lack of attention that we give to them. Their hair may be fixed different, maybe if it's a different kind of color. Jaden, I'm just saying, <laughs> I literally walked in today, turned to the left, and seen our new visitor here on the back pew, which wasn't a visitor at all. It's someone with a different hair color. Looks good. I think I'm going to do mine that way. Do the goatee that way. That'll be good. Maybe they're in clothes you don't expect them to be in. Or maybe in places you didn't expect them to be in. I see, I see people like that. I, I know I know them, and, and I'll see them down here, and they say, remember me? I'm from Michigan. I'm like, they're way out of place. I, if I'm in Michigan, I might have recognized them, but here in Arkansas, I just wouldn't have recognized them. Happened to us. Janet Caldwell showed up to church one day from Dwajack, Michigan. I seen her. I thought, man, I know that woman. How do I know that woman? 
We went to their church and went revival years ago. Sometimes we recognize people by what they do. For instance, how do you recognize a blonde secretary's computer? All the whiteout is on their computer screen. If, you've never, if you're not old enough to use typewriters, you may not get that, but I'm just, just saying. Do you always recognize the voice of someone that you know? I told you Wednesday night, I would call Shelly before cell phones. We started dating, and I would call her, and, and her sister would answer the phone and say, Hello. I said, is Shelly there? And she would say, yeah, go ahead. I, I knew it wasn't Shelly. I recognized her voice. They're close. I mean, they sound alike. But just I had to get her to say a couple of words, and then I realized that this is not the right girl. All right? I told you the story of Cindy Burrow. As a child, her parents separated, and she moved to Arkansas, and her dad's in California. She grew up not seeing her dad for years and years and years, flew back to California, and in LAX, the airport, she realized when she's getting off the plane, she has no idea what her dad looks like. But she said, while walking through the airport, she heard her name called. She said, I recognize the voice. She recognized the voice of her father. Does anybody see where I'm going today? Hallelujah. I'm trying to paint a picture, but I'll say it a little plainer here in just a minute. Well, let me skip down. I want us to think about the times in the past. Each one of us have these times where maybe we've missed God because we didn't recognize him. Didn't recognize what he sounded like. Didn't recognize his hand in doing something. How many has ever had driving problems like I do? Every time you get out on the road, you, there, there's like just backs up with... With, with cars that only do 20 miles an hour. Sometimes them people are being used of God. God is showing up for Drew, and Drew's mad about it. I can't tell you the countless times of driving the bus, traveling, evangelizing, that we would drive, and I'd be so frustrated, somebody blocking traffic or whatever, and then when I finally get around, and I'm fixing to really hit it again, I see an accident. Or they kept me from going, and I, we come up on the accident, and I realize, wow, God showed up for me, and I didn't even recognize him. Well, if you'll stand with me, we're going to read some scripture here. We're in the book of John. Chapter 5, verse number 1, a familiar story. I'm in the New King James Version of the Bible. John chapter 5, verse number 1. It says this, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first 
after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had been, who, who had an infirmity 38 years. Wow. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Wow. We, we need to listen to the voice of the Lord. Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, I'm almost there. I'm about to be there. Another one steps in before me. Verse number eight says this. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A miracle was performed when a man didn't even recognize Jesus standing in front of him. He didn't realize his healing was standing in front of him. And Jesus healed him just like that. I want to preach to you for a few minutes with the subject, recognizing God when he shows up differently. You pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. It is anointed. I feel your presence here today. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to help me to speak your word. Anoint me to speak with boldness in the power of the Holy Ghost. I ask you, Lord, to anoint these listeners, God, whether they're on Facebook or here in the tabernacle. Father, did you anoint their ears and their eyes to hear and to see what you'd have to say to them today? God, let me present this word in love that we can receive from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You feel his presence today. Service is not over. God's still wanting to move here today. He's wanting to move in a special way. We worshiped before. We're going to worship a little more here, here in a bit. But I just want you to hear a few more of these words that I feel like God has inspired me today. It's imperative that we recognize God when he speaks and when his presence shows up. When God shows up, we need to give all the attention to him. I told you a story a few weeks ago. I was reading my Bible in my office. The television was on. I wasn't really paying attention to it. And something caught my attention. I looked up and I took the remote and I, 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 I turned the volume on and I, I started watching the TV show. And it hit a commercial. I muted it and I went back to reading my Bible. Boy, God spoke to my heart. He said, are you really multitasking me? Are you trying to multitask me? Are you really trying to give attention to that television and me at the same time? When God shows up, when God shows up, we better be attentive to what he's doing. I just thought I was reading the Bible. He was showing me something. Well, praise the Lord anyway. I put it in here when God shows up because sometimes God appears to us unexpected, unexpectedly. We're not expecting God. I can give you instant after instant where God shows up and puts me in a situation I never expected to be in. Happened three or four days ago at Lowe's. 
I'm in there looking for a part for upstairs. A man walks around the corner, and he's very distinctive. He's about six foot seven, and uh, I knew him from baseball years ago. It was a God moment. It went from looking for lumber to looking for a soul, just like that. God showed up. I could feel his spirit. We need to understand and recognize when God shows up. This man in our text was not expecting a healing on this day. He was in the right spot, but he really wasn't expecting a healing. He's not expecting to have an encounter with Jesus that day. 38 years he had been afflicted. 38 years he had been waiting for a healing. 38 years he had been miserable. 38 years he had been trying to get himself into position. And healing shows up. And he showed up differently than he expected. This man thought the only way he was going to be healed was to get in that pool first after the waters were stirred by the angel. But Jesus said, you know what? I can do one better than that. I can speak my word into your life. He was looking for a healing in one way and Jesus showed up in another. We have to be careful that we don't fall, uh, that we don't fail to see Jesus when he shows up differently. When God asks you, do you want to be made well? Don't start giving excuses. Do you want to be delivered? Don't start giving excuses. Well, do you want me to change you? Do you want, do you want me to situate you? Do you want me to save you? Don't start making excuses why he can't. We may not be necessarily looking for him. We may be shopping or paying our bills or getting gas. But when God shows up, we need to give him our attention. He's looking for us. He's looking for opportunities. Just to get right in front of us. Man, we may be looking for him in one way and he appears on the scene in another way. I believe too many times God shows up and speaks and we're unaware that it was God. Again, I've had this happen in my life. People speak something in my life and I thought, they're nuts. They just got out of the nut hut. There's something wrong with them. That can't be from God. And it come to pass. What do we do when God is not in the wind? He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the fire. Can I tell you, be listening for a still small voice. Hallelujah. Listen for a still small voice. John 10, 27 said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. Wow. It's not a stretch to say, hey, can I preach today? Can I preach today? It's not a stretch to say that if you're not hearing the voice of the Lord, you may not know him. You may not know him. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Or, 
you may not be positioning yourself to hear him. I don't know why God keeps speaking to me about positioning ourselves. Because we're in position for so many other things. We need to be positioning ourselves to hear the voice of the Lord. It's the most important voice you're going to hear. It's the most important encounter you're going to hear is with Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, another reason we may not be hearing him is because we have too many things going on to hear him. How many of you ever have kids that run the radio so loud you can't hear anything else? Oh, my word. Aren't you glad they invented these uh, earplugs and stuff to put into earphones? That's what they are. Put them in. Sometimes my boys go walking by and, and their ears are buzzing. I can just see them shaking and I can hear all their music. It's so loud. That's the what I think of so many times. We have so many things in the world getting in our ear so we're not hearing the voice of the Lord. And we're not making rash decisions because of it. We've filled our lives with everything that the world has to offer until the noise of the world is drowning out the still small voice. Can I preach to you? If a pastor can't speak things in your life, he's not your pastor. He's not your pastor. When we're purposefully planning things on church service times, we need to reevaluate our priorities because we're out of position. Come on, keep saying amen or I'm going to think it's you. What used to be sacred is now optional. God just spoke to this. This is in pencil right here. God just spoke to this to me just a minute ago. So I know it's for this church, this service right now. What used to be sacred to us. Take a look at yourself. Look back what used to be sacred to you. Now it's an option. I don't have to go to church all the time. Three, three times a week is way too much for me now. God, you don't need four and a half hours from me this week. I know you still love me. You live in my heart. I, I'm not going to go worship you. If church has become boring to you, you need to freshen up your relationship with Jesus. I heard someone speak yesterday and say, we're supposed to be feeding ourselves at home the word of God. So when we come here in the church, we can celebrate with all the saints. We can impart word into each other. We can provoke each other in the word of God. If church has become boring to you, you need a personal revival because God has been showing up and changing lives here in this place. You need to be in this spot. Revival has hit TFT. Revival fire has hit TFT. And guess what? Go home and set your couch on fire and see if fire's not contagious. If you're on fire, you get close to her and she's going to get on fire. You get close to her and she's going to be on fire. You get close to him and he's going to be on fire. Fire is contagious. Sometimes God speaks to us and we simply don't recognize his voice. I told about Samuel. He was a young man in the Bible. And he was hearing the voice of the Lord. But he wasn't familiar with God's voice. So he didn't, he didn't know who was talking to him. He had already heard God twice. But thought it was Eli the priest calling to him. 
1 Samuel 3 and 8 says, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am. At least he's hearing the voice of the Lord. He's going to the wrong place, but he doesn't understand. Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, Speak, Lord. For your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. I'm going to tell you, I'm one that's up and down all night long. All right. And so many of them times I think, why am I awake? I think to myself, why in the world am I awake? Brother, Brother Andrew, it's just not a bathroom break. Although I do that, I thought, well, might as well use the bathroom while I'm awake. Don't want that to wake me up later. Might as well get me a drink. Them cookies look pretty good. I might as well have a cookie. Might as well have that snack while I'm up. Instead of the midnight snack, it's the 2 o'clock snack, the 4 o'clock snack. The... No, I don't do that all the time. Just last night. But I've learned sometimes God's just waking me up. He's called my voice. I may not even have felt his presence, but he's woke me up. But when I say, Lord, what are you wanting to tell me? Here I am, God. What do you want to say to me? What do you want to speak to my spirit? Then I begin to feel his presence. A couple of things I want to point out here. I just read these scriptures. God will speak to whoever he pleases. Samuel was a very young boy. Scholars debate his age to be from 11 to 15 years old, possibly even younger. We need to absolutely teach our children to listen for the voice of the Lord. They're not too young to start speaking the Word of God into them. We need to instruct them to listen for the voice of the Lord, especially when they're praying. And let me tell you, if you're not praying with your kids, you're making a huge, huge mistake. If you're not praying over your grandkids, you're making a huge mistake. I should have said that like Donald would have. Huge. You need to be leading them in prayer in your home. They need to know that mom and dad and grandpa and grandma pray. They need to hear your voice. You need to speak it into the atmosphere so they understand this is how we, hallelujah, this is how we pray. This is how we worship. It's verbal. We're not just going to say a silent prayer under our breath. I want the devil to know what I'm standing for, and I'm praying over my children and my grandchildren. Somebody says, well, I don't want to stir the devil up because then he'll fight me. You've already missed the boat. He's already stirred up. He wants to kill you already. We need to put the emphasis and special value to our prayers. Let our children know that prayer is one of the most important ways that God speaks to us. Eli was smart enough to recognize what was happening. He gave some great instructions. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. Hallelujah. God wants that willing vessel. He wants people to be attentive to him. He wants us to let him, let him know. 
Speak, Father. I'm listening to you. I want to tell you something else. Let me just give you a little tidbit that I learned along the way. Because I'm in a real bad habit. I think most people are of praying and asking God for things and, and petitioning God for things. You need to set aside time in your prayer time to be quiet and listen and listen. Be still and know them. We need to do that. Be still. Let God speak to you. I've been in prayer before, and God didn't interrupt me. And he said, I want to tell you something. I'm like, I'm in the middle of praising you, Father. Let me get through this. I'm feeling good right now. He's like, shut up and listen to me. Does God use shut up? He does to me. Not only do we have to hear God's voice and recognize God's voice, we have to listen to what God is saying. First off, Samuel was obedient to Eli. I love that right there. Obedient is the word that we hate. I hated minding my parents. It didn't matter what it was. I just didn't want to do it. I'm being honest. You can sit there in your righteous indignation. I don't care. I, that's the way I was. I didn't. Somebody else tell me something. As a man, you're growing up. You're getting tougher, meaner. And a woman tell you something to do? Oh, my word. I know she didn't tell me what to do. How many know what rebellion is? It's the opposite of obedience. Rebellion. Well, that's a whole nother sermon. Let me move on. When God places you somewhere, submit to where he placed you. I, want, I do want to go back just a little bit. We hear things, or we're listening. I'll put it this way. We listen, but we're really not hearing. In the office earlier, I, I misspelled the name on the computer, and I had three people spouting off how to spell it. And I was like, I, I I heard all the noise, but I couldn't, I couldn't focus in on one of them. Sorry, Margaret. It was, just, it was the name Margaret, and I misspelled it. So. I know it now. It won't, it won't happen again. I'll tell you that. Well, too many people have things out of order. I'm talking about recognizing God when he shows up differently, but these things just come out of me. And, and, and God said, put them in here. Too many people have things out of order. God is a God of order. He places things in order. We have to have order. They make plans to do whatever they want to do and then ask God for help. Instead of asking God first, what plans should I make? What do you want me to do, God? Where do you want me to go, God? I saw this work in youth all the time when I was a youth pastor. I love this boy. Would you pray with me and see if I should be dating him? Are you kidding me? There's no prayer in the world that's going to help you because you've made a decision. God's not going to cross your decision line. You made a decision to love that person. You kept hanging out with him to, I just want to kiss him. I just want to hold his hand. I just love being around him. Would you pray if I should date him or not? I'm glad we don't have rotten eggs today because that's why I feel you're fixing to throw them. I'm just telling you, don't ask for prayer for something you've already made a decision on. God's not going to change your decision. And you know what? 
He could. He could do whatever he wants to do. It's going to be up to you to change the decision. Listen for the voice of the Lord. If he says, no, that man's no good for you, run. Well, we shouldn't make decisions until we ask God what he wants us to do. It's that old saying, I'd rather ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. You ever heard that? Let me tell you what that is. I call that premeditated sin. Premeditated sin. I'm going to go ahead and smoke this. I'm going to go ahead and drink this. I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm going to go ahead and have sex with this and then ask for forgiveness. It's premeditated sin. And there's a whole lot more. I just... Well, God's not going to bless your premeditated sin. I believe the reason when people don't ask God first is because they're afraid of his answer. God, should I buy this house? God, should I uh, buy this car? God, should I change jobs? God, should I? No, I'm going to just do what I want to do and then ask God to bless it. Barking up the wrong tree. God's not going to bless them. I also believe that we will be less surprised by God if we hear and obey his voice more and more. What that means is that relationship gets deeper and deeper. And we're constantly in prayer. We're constantly in the word. We're going to recognize his voice more and more. We won't make them poor decisions because we know the principles of God. Somebody had a question yesterday and said, do you believe infants go to hell if they die? The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I listened to the debate. And I said this. Everything I know about God. He's fair. He's just. He's loving. I said absolutely not. Babies that can't make a decision I do not believe go to hell. I said, some things in the Word of God where it just doesn't say it black and white. I said, you have to understand the character of God. You have to have the relationship with God. You have to recognize Him and who He is. Well, I'm trying to hurry. I have 20 minutes. Is that right? It's hard for Christians to believe that God shows up with a trial. He's a good God. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. That's who he is. He's a good, good father. How many wants to hear me sing a solo right now? Raise your hand. Come on. No, I'm not. But that's what we say. He's a good father. So how could a trial be something from God? That don't, that don't make sense, does it? Well, I got some scripture for you. You knew I did. Matthew 3.16 we're talking about Jesus here, and he had been, when he had been baptized, when Jesus had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. 
All right, everybody, we've heard that scripture before. According to Luke's gospel, Jesus came up out of the water praying. I just, I, this is a tidbit I just want to throw into you. I want to show you something here. The Trinity is appearing right here. You'll wonder why we're Trinity Assembly of God, or Trinity Faith Assembly of God, and we have a Trinity Assembly of God in, in, in Little Rock, and why we believe in the Trinity the way we do. Here's the Trinity. The Father speaks, the Spirit descends, and the Son is praying on this one scripture. I love that. I've seen that. I was like, man, that's, that's awesome. What an awesome event. Jesus was baptized, and the Trinity was all uh, there for us to see and to hear. This reminds me that even when we've had some great encounters with God, there may be a testing coming because the very next verse says this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Well, that's crazy. This is Jesus. How can Jesus be tempted? How can he be tested? He's in human flesh. He's showing us what we can do. We can resist the devil. We can speak the word to the devil. We can do what we need to do. Just because we are in the wilderness and being tempted, don't believe the lies of the devil that you're all alone and you wouldn't be going through this if he's really a Christian. If you're living right and you're walking through a trouble, a trial, a valley, understand this may be something God's testing you with. Pastor, I don't like those kind of messages. I want the blessing, prosperity message. I don't want to hear that I may be going through a trial because God wanted me to. Jesus himself was led away to the wilderness to be tempted. Don't think it's strange that when you're in the wilderness that you've, and when you've got problems or you have trials to test, recognize, recognize that God has put these things in your life. I mentioned it earlier. It's a trial. It's a test. Every time I turn the ignition, because I know the devil is going to be in the car in front of me. Or I feel like he is. It's a trial. It's a test. Recognize that you'll be tested. Listen to this. I love this scripture. I'm just about done. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations. You're going to be tested. You're going to have trials. But be of good cheer. Hey. Ah, not because I'm in the trial. Great, something broke down. That's awesome. Hey, I lost a bunch of money. That's awesome. Somebody broke into my car. Awesome. <laughs> no. That's not what being good cheer. Being good cheer because I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. He's overcome these problems. John 15, 18 says this. If the world hates you, you should know that it hated me before it hated you. Sometimes I wonder why everybody doesn't love me. I found out why. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Now I understand why everybody doesn't love me. It just seems like people find me and want to pick at me and try to you know, one time I was in Illinois, and I was outside, talk, outside of a church talking to someone, and the police pulled in. He said, I want to see your, your, your driver's license. I was like, okay, I'm standing outside. 
I give him my drive. I said, can you, can you tell me what's going on? He said, you shut up and give me your license. I was in Oklahoma one time at a stoplight. Went through the stoplight after it turned green. Pulled into a gas station. Started to get out pump gas. And there was a cop that had got on my bumper so quick I didn't even know it. And he's walking towards me. When I started to open the door, he started pulling his gun on me. He said, don't get out of that car. Why doesn't he love me? You ever been there? Turns out I had a headlight out. And the violation in Oklahoma apparently is being shot. I'm not sure. No, I know that there's dangers there. I understand what's, what's going on. You wonder why you're having problems, why certain people don't like you, you don't find favor with this one or that. The world hates you. Why? They hated God first. We need, that's something we need to recognize. Recognize that sometimes God shows up differently than we expect. I know this is not top popular, but sometimes he's trying to prove us, and we fail to see God in everything that we go through. After all, we're Christians. Why does my husband have a problem and had to go to the hospital? Why does my son have cancer and have to go through that treatment? Why does my dad have cancer and had to go through that? Why does my husband have to die and God raised him back to... We don't understand all these things. But what I can tell you, he's a faithful God. If we'll have faith in him and trust him, he's going to bring us through. I, I know that. I want to talk about one other thing, and I'm going to close. Recognizing God when he shows up differently. How many know that God uses people to inform you, instruct you, equip you, and to encourage you? Amen. He does. And I'm going to tell you this. Again, yesterday I had an instructor said, I don't want to tell you how to think. And he, he posed a question. And I'm thinking, well, the Bible says this about that question. And I'm thinking to myself, instructor, you should be imposing this word upon us. You can't make me do anything. You need to realize you can't make me do anything, but you should present the truth. He's a good instructor. I, I know what he was doing. He's trying to provoke thoughts and, and different things. But I'm sitting there thinking, instruct, equip, speak to us, speak word into us today. Don't ask us to look at it from the other side. I want to, I want to look at it from the word of God. Everything else, I'm not worried about. What does God say about it? doesn't matter my opinion. What does God say about it? God will use people in, in so many more areas than I've mentioned here to instruct you, equip you, encourage you, inform you. Christians have somehow decided that if God doesn't speak directly to them, it's not from God. Can I tell you, never get to the point in your salvation you feel like all you need is to talk to God, and if God doesn't tell you something, it can't be from God. Sometimes you're not listening. You're hearing him, but you're not getting in your heart what he's speaking to you. And he uses somebody else. Twice in just the recent months, I've had confirming words. One, uh, two things prophesied that somebody else literally the next day would send me a text and, and tell me, the Lord, I was praying for you today, and the Lord told me this. It's the same thing. I have to understand God's speaking to me. He didn't speak to me the things that was prophesied. He didn't speak to me from this pastor in Little Rock that sent me a text. He didn't speak to me, but yet they were identical 
Because God's trying to show me, I'm speaking to you through some other people. You need to listen. Don't get so high and mighty, so puffed up. My relationship's so good with God. No one can speak into my life but Jesus himself. Can I show you where in the Bible where he used other people? Let me show you. Here it is. All through there, he used other people. All, all through there. Amen. I believe God still speaks to individuals, but too many of us are not hearing God speak. I, I'm reminding of the disciples out in the boat in the middle of the sea. Waves are crashing in on them. The winds are howling and blowing. They're afraid and rowing as hard as they could. And I'm sure they thought they were going to die. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus walking on the water. They were so afraid, they thought it was a ghost. He was showing up differently. They'd never seen Jesus walk on water. It must be a ghost then. Getting close to Halloween, must be a ghost. I've seen Christmas stuff out at Harps. By the way, if you need a Santa hat, they got them for sale already. Mark 6, 48 says this. Then he saw them straining and at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. If they wouldn't have called out to him, he'd have walked on by. He knew they were there. I think it's, a, it's a, 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 something he's trying to show us right here. We don't need to miss our time with God. He will pass you by if you don't call out to him. If you don't position yourself to speak to the Lord, he will pass you by. Do you know he loves you so much he won't go against your will? He's going to let you do whatever you want. Doesn't matter what the preacher says. Doesn't matter what you've been warned about. This could be disaster waiting to happen to you. It doesn't matter. God loves you so much. He's going to say, you make the decision for yourself. You do what you want to do. He'll pass you by. You'll miss God by not listening to his voice. Jesus was passing by, and the people that should know him didn't. The disciples, they should have known I know it may have freaked them out seeing something coming. I shouldn't use the word freak, but I'm just saying it would have freaked me out. I'm, I'm a product of the 70s. It would have freaked me out. Keep on trucking. Product of the 70s. He's passing by. He didn't show up the way they expected him. We may be thinking the same thing today. I've never seen God move like this. I've never seen praise and worship go like this before. I've never, I've never seen or saw God move like this. And we miss him because he shows up differently. I don't want our church to miss what God has for us. And because it shows up differently, because God shows up differently... I don't want us to say, well, we didn't sing my favorite song out of the hymn, so God can't show up. Praise God, we don't have people like that. I'll be honest with you. We have people that want to worship the Lord, and it doesn't matter what it is. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I'm up here making up my own songs, just singing them out, messing up the other singers. They're saying, please, pastor, shut up. 
I'm just making up my own song, praising the Lord. God can show up any way he wants. And in this season of revival, I want us to understand, I want everything God wants for us. I want everything God wants for me personally. I want everything that God wants for our church. We can't be closed-minded to understand that God may show up differently, and I don't want to miss him. Amen. Would you stand with me? Praise the Lord. If you're here today and you don't know where you'd spend eternity, if you take your last breath today, you don't know where you will spend eternity. I want you to know you can know that today. There's two destinations. I loved it. I watched Robert Jeffers this morning on TV. He was talking about heaven and hell. He said there's two destinations, and God loves you so much he let you choose where you want to go. He said, heaven's real, and so is hell. It's plain. It's the truth. You're you're getting it with both barrels, I guess, today. It's plain. It's the truth. It's your choice. And let me tell you something else. If you're unsure, you're thinking, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure if if I've believed on Jesus. You can have that assurance today. Does that make you perfect? How many know you live in a sin-natured body? It doesn't give you the license to sin. But when we're tripped up, boy, we're the biggest one to kick ourselves in the seat of the pants and say, I'm not a Christian. The devil's right there saying, no, you're not a Christian. No, Christians wouldn't have done that. What's wrong with you? If you really had Jesus in your heart, you'd have never fell for that trick. Well, I'm getting into another sermon. But the Holy Spirit will help you with that. I'm going to tell you, if you'll pray to the Holy Spirit, He will help you with that. Hallelujah. I want you to know if you need God today in the way of salvation, you need a Redeemer. He's here for you today. If you need healing in your body, you don't need to wait any longer. Don't wait for the angel to come down and stir the waters. Jesus is here right now to heal. Jesus is here right now to deliver. Jesus is healed. I love the word healing because it applies to everything, whether it's our body or our finances. It doesn't matter what it is. God, I need you to heal everything in my life. And he'll do it. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you, Lord, that the words that I spoke today, God, that you give me will penetrate the heart of man today. God, I'm asking you right now, I can't do anything I can't make someone get saved. I can't make someone be healed. I can't make them accept you. But, Father, I presented the word. Your spirit is drawing right now. I'm asking you, Lord, to change us, Lord. God, we're in in revival spirit. You've come to pump things into our lives, Lord, that's been dead for a while. God, and I'm asking you, Lord, right now that we open up to your spirit. When you show up differently, that we recognize you, Lord, and you don't pass us by. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. If you need prayer today for anything, I want you to come around the front. If you need salvation, I will meet you down here. Prayer partners will meet you down here. We will pray for you.